Evening, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Simply Unprofessional. I'm your host, Webby. Joining me tonight, we got Rob. Hey, everybody. It's Rob. And we have a very St. <laughs> Patrick's Day Phil Devin. Hey, everybody. It's Devin. How's it going? Uh, so, Devin might be slightly inebriated this episode. Uh, no. We're going to hurry up and record this. It is St. Patty's Day, and he would like to get back out to the bar and drink some more. And I would like rest and relaxation. Uh, that reminds me. I want to go to the bar. I don't know if it's going to happen. Oh, you can make it happen. Come. You can make it happen. You're true. I, I, I don't live far. I can make it. I want to use this hour to sober up, then go back around too. There you go. Uh, this week, everybody, we are doing the continuation of the fighter subclass rankings. We're going to, we're going to try to get through all these classes here. Um, we are going to get through all these classes here. And, uh, last week, if you remember, we did the first half ending on the champion. I was very surprised with how well the fighter as a class has been doing with their subclasses. Only one bad grade so far. And that's the Arcane Archer, because yep. that thing is ass. Yep. Hot now, ass. Rob, out of the next set of ones, is there any that you do not have? I don't know what you have. I believe it's Gunslinger, Gunslinger, Samurai, Rune Knight, Psy Warrior, Eldritch Knight, and Echo Knight. No, not Psy Warrior. Oh, yeah, no, we have... No. Yeah. We had, I mean, that's we what we're this time, is Gunslinger, yeah. <laughs> I do not Samurai... Have uh, Echo Knight. In, <laughs> I in order. Purple Dragon Knight, which we figured out was also one so that we did. That yeah, that was the, banner. the Banneret. Banneret. I'm so going to say In, in order, we're going to be covering the Echo Knight, the Eldritch Knight, the Gunslinger, the Psy Warrior, the Rune Knight, and the Samurai. Eldritch Knight, Eldritch Knight Gunslinger, Psy Warrior, <laughs> Rune Knight, and Samurai. Very good, Devin. <laughs> and I'm double checking. Like, yes. I'm asking you. Yeah. Okay. So starting that wasn't with the, like a drunk like the, delay. That was me asking. <laughs> starting with the Echo Knight. All right. We're going to jump right through. This is one that you said you don't have, Rob? Echo Knight oh, I don't have, but Devin I posted it. it. All right. Uh, well, I will read Echo Knight. You don't uh, trust to me? To start off. You uh, don't trust me? No, I'm not saying I don't trust you. You think I'm too drunk to read Echo Knight? No, I'm going to give you... I just want to read Samurai because that's the one I want to play the most. All right, so Devin, yeah. rub me. Yeah, that that will work out fine. This the, the way I have it, it. You'll you'll be able to read Samurai. Okay. So I will do Echo Knight. Okay. <sighs> Get back there now. 
You threw me off. So Echo Knight at third level, you get Manifest Echo. You can use a bonus action to magically manifest an echo of yourself in an unoccupied space that you can see within 15 feet of you. This echo is magical, translucent, gray image of you that lasts until it is destroyed, until you dismiss it as a bonus action, until you manifest another echo, or until you're incapacitated. Your echo has uh, your echo has AC of 14 plus your proficiency bonus, one hit point, and immunity to all conditions. If it has to make a saving throw, it uses your saving throw bonus for the roll. Uh, it is the same size as you, and it occupies its space. Uh, yeah. Uh, on your turn, you can mentally command the echo to move up to 30 feet in any direction, no action required. If your echo is ever more than 30 feet from you, at the end of your turn, it is destroyed. You can use your echo in the following ways. As a bonus action, you can teleport magically swapping places with your echo at the cost of 15 feet of movement, regardless of the distance between the two of you. Uh, when you take the attack action on your turn, any attack you make with, the with that action can originate from your space or the echo's space. Uh, you make this choice for each attack, so you can alternate. Uh, and when a creature that you can see within five feet of your echo moves at least five feet away from it, you can use your reaction to make an opportunity attack against the creature as if you were in the echo space. <clears throat> also, at third level, you get Unleash Incarnation. Uh, you can heighten your echo's fury. Whenever you take the attack action, you can make one additional melee attack from your echo's position. You can use this feature a number of times equal to your constitution modifier, a minimum minimum of once, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. Uh, so you're essentially just getting extra attacks off of that. That's, that's nice. Uh, seventh level, you get Echo Avatar. You can temporarily transfer your consciousness to your echo. As an action, you can see through your echo's eyes and hear through its ears. During this time, you are deafened and blinded. You can sustain this effect for up to 10 minutes, and you can end it at any time, no action required. While your echo is being used this way, it can be up to 1,000 feet away from you without being destroyed. 10th level, you get Shadow Martyr. You can make your echo throw itself in front of an attack directed at another creature that you can see. Before the attack roll is made, you can use your reaction to teleport the echo to an unoccupied space within five feet of the targeted creature. The attack roll that triggered the reaction is instead made against your echo. Once you use this feature, you can't use it again until you finish a short or long rest. Uh, 15th level, you get reclaimed potential. You've learned to absorb the fleeting magic of your echo. When an echo of yours is destroyed by taking damage, you can gain a number of temporary hit points equal to 2d6 plus your con modifier, provided that you don't already have temporary hit points. Uh, you can use this feature a number of times equal to your constitution modifier, minimum of once, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. And lastly, at 18th level, you get Legion of One. You can use a bonus action to create two echoes with your manifest echo feature, and these echoes can coexist. If you try to create a third echo, the previous two echoes are destroyed. Anything you can do from one echo's position can be done from the others instead. In addition, when you roll initiative and have no uses of your Unleash Incarnation feature left, you regain one use of that feature. Again, hearkening back to the level 20 bard capstone. 
<clears throat> I think honestly, this is a pretty solid. This is a pretty solid subclass too. Um, it it, it does remind is, me a lot of your reflectionist. I was just gonna say if it sh- if it had instead of having one hit point, if it shared health with you, it would basically be reflectionist that couldn't cast magic. <laughs> yeah. Um, but at the same time, you get that fucking, uh, and like fighters get an uh, an absurd amount of extra attacks anyway, but every time you take an attack action, you can have your echo attack up to your con modifier a number of times. That's, that's a lot of attacks. (laughs) And then you can have two. So could you imagine three riders running around? I don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, pretty good. Yeah, I, I mean, diving right into this, uh, how many times can you cast an echo? I don't know. Bonus action. Um, there isn't a number there, of times. There is no, there is right in there. Tilly, Tilly you're grounded. Uh, echo's magical translucent gray image of you that lasts until it's destroyed until it's, you dismiss it as a bonus action until it manifests another action yeah. until you're incapacitated. So I, uh, I don't see if I yeah. don't see a thing that limits as many turns. So yeah. Technically, in the original limit. All right. Uh, well, let's dive right into this. Uh, Devin, what are you what are you gonna rank the Echo Knight? I will. A. I oh an A. All right. Rob, what about you? Uh, I'll say an A plus. A plus. Uh, I'm also going to give it an A. So that will average out to be just a regular A, right? Yep. Uh, which, that is what Rob predicted without knowing anything about this class. Uh, well, Rob, he, at first he did not predict that. And then when I told him it's very similar to the reflectionist, he gave it an A. Uh, no, mm-hmm. he he gave it an A right off the bat. No, I feel like he gave it a D or close to that off the bat. And then I told him, like, it's pretty similar to the reflectionist. He's like, well, in that case... Well, I mean, I didn't scribble anything out as far as his guesses go. So, it must have changed real quick before I had a chance to write it down then. It could be. I feel <clears> I don't <throat> I don't actually remember. I said I think I, I didn't have the Echo Knight on my list and then yeah, somebody said that. And yeah. then you like you had read it. You were going off thing. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's someone to the reflection of it. And you're like, oh, well, in that case. Yeah, you, you essentially had guessed ABBA, ABA for the next three. <laughs> uh, speaking of the next one, we have Eldritch Knight. Uh, Rob, why don't you read this one? Okay. Let me go back because I'm on the Echo Knight page. Eldritch Knight. Uh, so you gain spell casting with the Eldritch Knight. At third level, you're augment to your martial prowess with the ability to cast spells. See spells rules for general rules, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you learn two cantrips. Uh, you learn an additional wizard cantrips of your choice at 10th level. Yeah, that's important uh, to know. You you learn two cantrips from the wizard spell list. Yeah. The other night spell casting table shows how many spell slots you have and can cast wizard spells at first level and higher. Cast one of these spells, you must expend a slot of spell level or higher, and you gain all expended spell slots when you finish a long rest. Yeah, this whole this whole section is literally just telling you about spell casting. Yeah, how spell so. casting works. But yeah, so. I think you only get up to... Oh, yeah, you get a single 4th level slot uh, higher at 20th level with this. Because it's not even a half caster, it's like a quarter caster. Yeah. Uh, At 3rd level, 
uh, weapon bond. At third level, you learn a ritual that creates a magical bond between yourself and one weapon. You perform the ritual over the course of one hour, which can be done during a short rest. The weapon must be within your reach throughout the ritual, at the conclusion of which you touch the weapon and force a bond. Once you have bonded with a weapon to yourself, you can't be disarmed of that weapon unless you are incapacitated. If it is on the same plane of existence, you could summon that weapon as a bonus action on your turn, causing it to teleport instantly to your hand. Excuse me. Uh, you can have up to two bonded weapons, but can summon only one at a time with your bonus action. If you attempt to bond with a third weapon, you must break the bond with one of the other two. Uh, seventh level, you get war magic. Beginning at seventh level, you when you use your action to cast a cantrip, you can make one weapon attack as a bonus action. At 10th level, you get Elder Strike. At 10th level, you learn how to make your weapon strikes undercut a creature's resistance to your spells. When you hit a creature with a weapon attack, that creature has disadvantage on the next saving throw it makes against a spell you cast before the end of your next turn. At 15th level, you get Arcane Charge. At 15th level, you gain the ability to teleport up to 30 feet into an unoccupied space you can see when you use your action surge. You can teleport before or after the additional action. Uh, and then Improved War Magic at 18. Starting at level 18, when you use your action to cast a spell, you can make one weapon attack as a bonus action. Okay, so that's, yeah, so that's like the War Magic, just instead of needing to cast a cantrip, you can actually just make a weapon attack as a bonus action off of casting a regular spell. Yep. All right. Uh, I do like the idea and, and the fact that they did give you, so this is a spellcastery fighter class, uh, and if you used, say, a cantrip like uh, like Firebolt or whatever, uh, or, or like a, a touch, we'll say a touch-based uh, cantrip, then you still get to make a weapon attack as your bonus action. And then with your subsequent extra attacks, you'd still be able to just make normal-ass attacks, right? Because the fighters get like four extra attacks. Uh, I mean, I, no. Wait, did you? I mean, I'm guessing you could. It, I guess it depends on how extra attack is worded. <clears throat> yeah, it just says uh, extra attack. You can attack. It says when you take the attack action, so you'd have to, you can't cast a spell and take you can. It says you can take a weapon attack as a bonus action, so it's still just one attack. Well, no, because I mean a cantrip. If you're casting like a, a touch based attack cantrip, that's still an attack. I mean, it's a spell. It's a spell attack, but it's still yeah. But that's not attack the attack action. action. That's casting a spell. So you're saying that fighters can cast four cantrips every time every turn? No, I guess not. So that would so you would want to base your war magic thing being off of your your final. No, that wouldn't work either. <clears throat> hmm. I feel like you're losing out on a lot of attacks then. Yeah. I mean, you're basically sacrificing a lot of attacks to be able to do magic. Hmm. I feel like they could have 
done this one slightly better. But, like, the Elder Strike thing would be good, because if you have four attacks or whatever, and it says when you hit a creature with a weapon attack, like, you could strike four creatures, separate creatures, with your attacks, and then they all have this advantage against, like, a fireball. <laughs> next to level, next turn, but... Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, although it, it has to be a spell that you cast, right? Yeah. Yeah, they could get wizard spells. I'm assuming yeah. fireball they could yeah. get. <clears throat> All right. Well, where would you rank this one, Rob? I don't know if I'm overly impressed with this one. Um, yeah, I'd probably say B minus. B minus. Right. Uh, just because, like you said, you're basically sacrificing your ability to attack multiple times for casting magic. Right. So, Devin, what about you, bud? I'm kind of in the same boat. A B minus, only because when I read this, it's like, oh, it's an arcane paladin, but I'd rather just be a paladin. Right. Um, man, I'm gonna give this one a C. I'm I'm not too keen on this one. Uh, so... I still I still think that balances out to being a. B minus. B minus. Yeah, just about. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of in between a B minus and a C plus, but yeah, you know, it's rich. I, I guess I, I've usually just been giving if two people rated the same thing, it gets the same grade. Right. It gets that grade. So yeah, but what if two people vote A and one votes a D? You're still going to be like, well, it's I an mean, A. Right. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, to be fair, that that could be majority rules. Kind of goes with that only because if that person that gives it a D could just be their personal preference. Right, like oh, I don't, I don't like this. Oh, all personal preference. I mean, I, well, it, <laughs> it, it but is, but look, we're at least trying to take over one person. We're also trying to take our knowledge as DMs and our D and D knowledge. Right, and give I don't. Us think, actually, we've never, we we I don't think that. either one of us like very wildly. I like, I mean, me and Rob, we variants. gave one of the we gave one of the class subclasses both uh, a, a grade that we gave them for what it was, and then a personal grade of like a D because we just as DMs right. didn't like it. Right, that was so, the druid, um, the fucking um, the um, 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 yeah, the the I can't think of the name. Because I'm drunk, but um, yeah, that one. The moon, so, no, not moon night. Uh, the moon, no, the dreams. Struggle with dreams. The dreams, yeah. dream. that one. So I mean, we, I mean, that we one. can't, we can differentiate our personal feelings based off of still right. like, if it's right. if it's like, a decent class. I just, I think honestly, like looking at like the banneret, we gave that one a B. I felt like this was a little bit less than that. Even I, I feel like I the banneret would the offer the better answer to purpose. This the elders' night felt very much, especially because it's one of the first classes to come out. It actually is like one of the first subclasses to come out. I just feel bad because okay, here's spellcasting, but if you like, choose to cast a spell, you can't like attack. A, it feels like a worst paladin, where the paladin yeah. gets a bunch of smites and everything like that. Make it like you don't really care about. Casting, you're more your casting is mainly just for like restoration and stuff like that. You're mainly casting, you're mainly burning your slots for smites, like you yeah. have a purpose. Eldritch Knight doesn't really feel like it has a purpose because you're giving up your attacks to cast spells, but then your spells aren't really the greatest spells in the world. You want to cast yeah, all you the can time. cast up to fourth level spells, and that's at yeah, 19th and, and 20th level, I think. Right, and it's not the greatest like right. pool to cast from, so it's not really worth it. It's not a bad class. It's a fun class to play, but I thematically, I think it's really cool. 
but I don't know if it's like really like that interesting. Now I'm not gonna lie, I do feel like people who play <laughs> this would end up taking a feat later on to allow themselves to get Eldritch Blast as a cantrip. I yes. just I, I feel like this is one of those classes where it's like, okay, this is kind of a necessity because I need a good damaging cantrip. Yeah, that you know? that the thing is with Eldritch Blast would make it so good is that it hits multiple times. So you have multiple chances. Right. Well like people say, oh, firebolt's the same thing. Theoretically, yeah, firebolt damage wise is the same thing. Only downside to firebolt is it's all or nothing. <laughs> if I Eldritch Blast somebody and I get four fire. bolts to attack them with right. I theoretically get four chances to hit them, even if just like for one d ten. Right. Whereas, and then if you have illusionist pressures, that's doubling that. Right, and then like it's all or nothing. It's like yeah, that's cool, but like all or nothing is like kind of shitty because it's like yeah, I can, with illusionist pressures, yeah, I could hit for eight d ten, but I also could just whiff and do absolutely nothing. Right. And so that was stupid. Yeah. All right, Devin, do you have the gunslinger pulled up? I have it pulled up. Why don't you read us the gunslinger? It's a long read, but I got you, buddy. All right, the gunslinger. Boom. Uh, when you pick this archetype at third level, you gain proficiency with firearms, allowing you to add your proficiency bonus to attacks made with firearms. Uh, third level, you get gunsmith. You gain proficiency with tinkerer's tools. You may use them to craft am- craft ammunition at half the cost, repair damaged firearms, or even draft and create new ones. Damn discretion. Some extremely experimental and intricate firearms are only available through crafting. Uh, you get firearm properties. Firearms are the new and volatile technology, and as such, bring their own unique set of weapon properties. Some properties are followed by a number, and this number signifies an element of the property outlined below. In parentheses. Uh, these properties replace the optional ones presented in the Dungeon Master's Guide. Firearms are ranged weapons. Those properties are reload. The weapon can be fired a number of times equal to its reload score before you must spend one attack or one action to reload. You must have one free hand to reload a firearm. Misfire. Whenever you make an attack roll with a firearm and the dice roll is equal to or lower than the weapon's misfire score, the weapon misfires. The attack misses and the weapon cannot be used again until you spend an action to until you spend an action to try and repair it. To repair your firearm, you must make a successful Tinker Tools check. DC equals to 8 plus the misfire score. If your check fails, the weapon is broken and must be mended out of com- out of combat at a quarter of the cost of the firearm. Creatures who use a firearm without being proficient increase the weapon's misfire score by 1. Explosive. Upon a hit, everything within 5 feet of the target must make a deck saving throw. DC equal to 8 plus your proficiency modifier or proficiency bonus um, plus your dex modifier or suffer a 1d8 fire damage. If the weapon misses, the ammunition fails to detonate or bounces away harmlessly before doing so. Ammunition. All firearms require ammunition to make an attack. And due to their rare nature, ammunition may be near impossible to find or purchase. However, if materials are gathered, you can craft ammunition yourself using your tinkerer's tools at half the cost. Each firearm uses own unique ammunition and is generally sold or crafted in batches listed below next to the price. Then it lists the now, you weapons. Don't, you don't have to go through all of Can you just name off the, the names of the Yeah, uh, uh, the palm pistol, the pistol, 
the musket, the pepper box, the blunderbuss, the bad news, the hand mortar, and then the hand mortar. Yeah. And those are, those the are just ones that and the ones you can buy are up to the blunderbuss. So the palm pistol, pistol, musket, pepper box, and blunderbuss can be purchased. They have a cost. The bad news and the hand mortar must be crafted. Yeah. And the ammunition on those on average give you our cost about 10 gold. Just so you know. All right. Um, adapt marks. When you choose this archetype at their level, you learn to perform power with trick shots to disable or damage your opponent using your firearm. Trick shots. You learn two trick shots of your choice, which are details under the trick shots below. Many maneuvers enhance an attack in some way. Each use of the trick shot must be declared before the attack roll is made. You can only use one trick shot per attack. You learn additional trick shots of your choice at 7th, 10th, 15th, and 18th level. Each time you learn a new trick shot, you can also replace one trick shot you know with a different one. Uh, first trick shot is grift, uh, or grit. That's not a trick uh, shot. Okay, grit. My bad. Uh, you gain a number of grit points equal to your wisdom modifier minimum one. You regain one expended grit point each time you roll a 20 on a d20 for an attack with a firearm or doing a killing blow with a firearm to a creature of significant threat. DM's discretion. You regain all expended grit points after a short or long rest. Saving throws. Some of your trick shots require your target to make a saving throw to resist the trick shot effects. Saving throw DC is calculated as follows. Trick shot save DC is 8 plus your proficiency plus your dex mod. Uh, quick draw. When you reach 7th level, you add your proficiency bonus to your initiative. You can also store a firearm and draw another firearm as a single object interaction on your turn. Rapid repair. Upon reaching 10th level, you learn how to quickly attempt to fix a jammed gun. You can spend a grip point to attempt to repair a misfire, but not broken firearm as a bonus action. Lightning Reload. Starting at 15th level, you can reload any firearm as a bonus action. Vicious Intent. At 18th level, your your firearm attack score. Um, at 18th level, your firearm attacks score critical hit on a roll of 19 to 20. You can also regain a grip point on a roll of 19 to 20. Or on a tw- or on a 20. A 19 or a 20. Or a D20 attack roll. Yeah. No, I'm thinking, your grip point can roll a, a roll of 19 or 20 on a D20 attack roll. But I don't yeah. know why they added that in there. Like, it could have just stopped at 19 or 20. But whatever. <laughs> Upon reaching uh, 18th level, whenever you score a critical hit on an attack with the firearm, the target additionally suffers half of the damage from the attack at the end of its next turn. Uh, trick shots. These trick shots are presented in alphabetical order. Yay. Uh, you get bullying shot. Uh, you can use the powerful blast and thundering sound of your firearm and shake the resolve of a creature. You can spend one grip point while making a charisma intimidation check to gain advantage on the roll. Cool. Uh, that dazing shot. When you make a firearm attack, it's crazy. You can spend one grip point to attempt to dizzy your opponent on a hit. The creature suffers normal damage and must make a con saving throw or suffer disadvantage on attacks until the end of their next turn. Deadeye Shot. When you make a firearm attack against a creature, you can expend one grip point to gain advantage on the attack roll. Disarming Shot. When you make a firearm attack against a creature, you can expend one grip point to attempt to shoot the object out of their hand. On a hit, the creature suffers normal damage and must succeed in a strength saving throw or drop one held item of your choice and have that object be pushed 10 feet away from you. Forceful shot. 
When you make an attack, fire attack against a creature, you can expend one grip point to attempt to trip them up and force them to back. On a hit, the creature suffers normal damage and must succeed in a strength saving throw or be pushed 15 feet away from Piercing shot. When you make a firearm attack against a creature, you can expend one grip point and attempt to fire through multiple opponents. The initial attack gains a plus one to firearms misfire score. On a hit, the creature suffers normal damage, and you must and you make an attack roll with disadvantage against every creature in the line directly behind the target within your first range increment. Only the initial attack can misfire. Violent shot. Uh, when you make a firearm attack against a creature, you can expend one or more grip points to endure the volatility of the attack. For each grip point expended, the attack gains a plus two to firearms. Misfire score, if the attack hits, you can roll one additional weapon damage die per grip point spent when determining the damage. And winging shot. When you make a firearm attack against a creature, you can expend one grip point to attempt to topple a moving target. On a hit, the creature suffers normal damage and must make a strength saving throw or be knock prone. All right. Those are all the trick shots. All right. Thoughts? Um, for me, personally, I like it. I feel like it's just a re-flavored Battlemaster, but I also feel like, technically, um, the... It, with a one feat of just like transitioning a lot of the B, a lot of the like standard fighter stuff, like the armor and stuff, over to a battle master, you can do a lot of the same things. These are basically just reflavored battle master feats, right? But see, I kind of feel like this was somebody's attempt because this was created by Matt Mercer of Crow right. Roll. I feel like this right. was maybe an attempt to fix the Arcane Archer, even though I think this came out before the Arcane Archer, but it's just, it's it's everything that I want the Arcane Archer to have and to be. Right, the issue is a lot of battle say firearm attacks, and the issue is that doesn't qualify for the Arcane Archer. No, I get that. No, I, I'm saying, like, all the things that I didn't like about the Arcane Archer this seems uh, to make a fix here right except the issue is like if i still want to play an archer, an right, archer yeah, you're gonna have to out. you're gonna have to be it, it's it's that classic you know choice in wow if you're if you're a hunter do you want a firearm or do you want a bow you know and like right. you, well, you your character play, might other options. So i'm not looking at it as fixing the arcane archer because the arcane archer should exist and it's no, still i I, I, I get that I'm, I'm just saying this is this is this is this is better than the Arcane Archer to me. Yeah, obviously. when we did like Arcane Archer, we talked about how everything how we should have treated Archer. it more like the Battlemaster. Right, I agree. I agree. Except the issue is that everything, all, all of these say, in my opinion, they all say firearm. No, I making I, it where you can't technically use unless that. unless so, you're I mean, using firearms. I get that there right, is a there exactly. is a heavy restriction on this, but. With exactly, a, with a but there's also called... nothing. There's also technically nothing limiting the battlemaster from using a firearm and using no, its abilities right. for that because the battlemaster just has a weapon. So I don't really see a need for this. Well, see, well, outside of being able to craft and just like flavor. Well, one hundred percent. First, to be able to craft, and second, you can actually sustain better as a gunslinger technically for your like maneuver's sake than a battlemaster could. A battlemaster has a finite number of superiority die per rest. 
This you're you're, you're expending grit, which runs off of your uh, wisdom modifier. So you have a maximum of five grit to use during combat. But anytime you kill an enemy worth note or get a d20 roll, you get a grit back, so you can actually sustain right. longer fights doing right. more maneuvers. But, right, I understand that. But that's this is why this is homebrew and not like completely official because. The Battlemaster is balanced in the sense of that. If could you imagine a Battlemaster if every time you dropped an enemy, you got back a superiority dice? No, I know it would that, be insane. That would be insane. You are exactly. Right. So I mean, but that's a Battlemaster, a Battlemaster also can utilize any and all weapons, whereas a Gunslinger right. very much is restricted to just firearms. Right, but Which, then also too, if you look at the firearms that the Gunslinger has available to it, they're stronger. <laughs> Than most melee weapons, anyway. Like the bad news, if you craft it, is a two d twelve. Right, as a yeah, a ranged attack. But yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Or if you're just pulling out like the pepper box, it's a one d ten. Or the musket is a one d twelve. The pistol is a one d ten. Right. So I mean, it's I'm, stronger I'm not, than most. I'm not trying the, to or, say. Not, I don't know. I'm saying. I'm saying like okay. I'm saying as a as a homebrewed class, I would give this class, um. Almost as good as the Battlemaster, in my opinion, I would give this class like an A as a homebrewed class. Right. The issue is I feel like this class as a homebrewed class is based off, is just a straight, is a improvement on the Battlemaster, but not in a way. It's just looking at the Battlemaster and saying, like, is, okay. I, I think you're thinking about it wrong. I don't think it's an improvement on the Battlemaster. I think well, hold on. Let me finish what I'm saying. Let me finish what I'm saying. Let me finish what I'm saying. I'm saying, like, the, it, this home it's a homebrew class. The gunslinger, in my opinion, took the battle master. Okay, I'm using this as a base. Now, what can I marginally limit on the battle master to then, in turn, give it perks? So it limited in the sense of okay, all these abilities can only be used with guns, but then it gave it perks. The issue is the perks it gave it, in my opinion, outweigh the drawbacks of only being able to use guns because you're only going to, and this is the thing, you're only going to be interested in the gunslinger if you want to make a gunslinger. (laughs) Like, it's nothing drawing me to the gunslinger. Right. So I mean, it, it in is, my it opinion, is a niche that, thing that really it's very niche. But I mean, the, I feel like it it's niche overpowered. I feel like it's niche overpowered in this in, in that sense. I see. I don't. Like, I don't like, think so. It's I, kind of like I it's kind of like, like this, right? It's kind of like this, right? Like look at like the prime example is the brute, right? The brute was only on melee, like for, like a melee weapons, right? So if I was like, I want to make a battle master, I want to make a champion, but I really want to focus on just doing damage with the. Like, what would be really powerful for a melee-only character? So then it, I, I limit all of the abilities to melee-only, and I give it a couple of really powerful abilities. Like, in this, in the Gunslinger's case, it's Now, is, is your... It, are, are you also factoring in firearms? Like, the guns themselves just being more powerful? Because there's nothing that says a Battlemaster can't use a, a, you know, a, a firearm. I don't, I don't know. I get that. I get that. But like you just said, there's no reason if you're going to use a gun as a battle master, there's no reason not to take gunslinger because of the way grit works. Because grit is effectively better than the battle masters. um, I I understand superiority does everything you're saying. But where I think we got lost is I'm not trying to compare the gunslinger to the battle master. All I was saying no, was... No, no. I know you're not trying to say that. I'm saying it's basically a reskin, but 
that that's my issue. I'm saying that basically the gunslinger is a reskin of the Battlemaster. Battle However, it's just take it's limiting. So basically, the gunslinger is a reskin of the Battlemaster, but limiting it to only using guns. But it's in justification of it being limited to only using guns. It boosted its superiority dice mechanic to be what grit dice are. That's my problem with with the class. It's not a bad. It's, it's fine. I just think I ultimately I think of. You took a class, you reskinned it, and then you nerfed it in one aspect, and then you made it more powerful to accommodate the nerf in one aspect. The issue was it also has the half power... the number of trick shots or, or you know maneuvers. I mean, not really though. Like it has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, but it also is says one, two, three, four, five, six. It has seven. But if you realistically look at the trick shots or the uh, the trick shots versus the maneuvers. There are like four or five maneuvers that you never use. Like you, you just never use them in an optimal situation. There are, like there are twenty-three maneuvers. There are not twenty-three. There maneuvers. are twenty. I just counted. There are twenty-three maneuvers, and that's not including any extra maneuvers that they have. You know, possibly have added on in like newer source right, material. So that is literally the gunslinger has a third of the number of maneuvers that they can use, which I think also balances. You have, you have, you have what? Ambush. One, two, three. One, two, three, four, five, six. Also, seven, the eight, grit eight, five, goes five, off of your wisdom, whereas superior die are just given four, right. and then you get two more. You, you have twenty-three. Up. Grit goes off your wisdom. You boost wisdom, but grit also recovers on a short rest versus a long rest, okay. and you get it back and you kill. But. Well, first off, don't you get your battle, your maneuver dice, your superiority die on a short rest? Um, yeah, double check. finish a short or long rest. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, that's the same. But now the thing is, is like, as a fighter, like, especially like a firearms, you know, you're dealing with firearms, you're going to want a high deck score, right? Uh, so you, you might not have right, the you're also, extra points uh, hold on, But you're wisdom. also, perception is cute of wisdom. Range stuff, ideally, is cute of wisdom. If you're playing like This a, is not vampire, though. I hear you what I'm saying, but no, I'm saying, if you're playing off of, like, a, if you're playing the character of a, of a, like, sharpshooter, you're gonna want a high perception score. Perception is right. going to be now, one of your abilities. Let me ask you this, as a DM. Which going to be your next dump. Your let next... Me, let, let me ask thing. you this as a DM. Okay. How many percentage-wise, 1 to 100, I'm asking both of you, how many players do you think would side with I'd rather do extra damage and hit more over RP reasons? Well, also, too, you're also not considering it. Perception is the most important stat in the game. The most important oh, skill I, in the game. I 100% agree, and I, and I get no, I'm that. Saying, like, but I'm, I'm, saying, I'm just saying, like, if you look at it, like, on paper in general, yes. even if the most, like, basic bullshit fucking, like, player, like, if you're looking at a player who doesn't care about, like, stats at all, right, and you look and you read through them, the, like, all of the stuff, if you just, you, they can listen to one D&D game and be like, oh, well... These players roll, every player roll perception at least 13 times in this one game, but you have this one guy roll animal handling, or this one guy roll whatever, history, one time in eight sessions. So I'm probably not going to go dump my, um, my skill points in history. Like, even if they are, like, not trying to, like, air quotes, meta the situation, 
you're still going to try and, to have a decent perception score. Yeah, and, oh, I, I 100% agree. That is not a perception so, is not a but, dumb but, skill. But, but I'm saying, by but, by proxy, but by proxy, yes, the way you're going to get want that a higher a wisdom, wisdom score. score. But I'm telling you right now, uh, my 95% of the players that I think I would DM for would say, yeah, okay, but I want to hit and do damage too. So I would, right. they would right. max out their deck score first and then start dumping okay, in but that's fine. But like the fighter also you have to kill with the fighter also gets the most ability score increase out of all the classes. Oh I Meaning get that. they could think th- they, those, they're, those they're going to max those two out by by far. Where where did we even come how long have we been talking arguing about this? I mean I I mean I, look look point is I don't know where you are arguing about it. I just feel this is how I feel about it. I the battle master's the A plus I'm giving this in my opinion I'm giving it an A an A Minus because I feel like it's a reskin and it's just a as it's a reskin it's a niche reskin that I think overcompensates from what it takes from the Battlemaster. That's my opinion on it. I mean I think it's a good class. It's a damn good class, but I really feel like for me for me personally, I'm giving it an A minus because I feel like it's a reskin. It's not very imaginative, but and I love Matt Mercer. I feel like it's not very imaginative. It's a reskin of the Battlemaster. And at the end of the day, it just takes away... It, it, it tries to justify the some of the improvements based on what it took away from the Battlemaster. But what it took away versus the improvements do not even out, in my opinion. Okay. So, A-. minus. A-. minus. Alright, Rob. Personal score, like a C+. But playing it, A-. minus. What you got, Rob? I was also going to say A minus. All right. Thoughts on this? Are we did me and Devin did a lot of the time. No, I'm that. good. Everything's been covered. <laughs> Even drunk Devin can argue. <laughs> Actually, hey. no, I'm sobering up. I got. I'm good. Uh, all it takes is one argument, and I'm sober. I'm good. I mean, yeah, I'm going to give this an A minus, so, so it'll be A minus across the board because I, I gave Battlemaster an A plus, and even though I mean, De- you you are right, it is a reskinned, but I I, I do disagree I just like, that it's my, more. Powerful. My biggest thing, which is why personally I give it a C plus, because nothing in Battlemaster, like if you created guns for a fighter, if you created guns as a weapon class and, and gave them a weapon class and made them martial weapons, fighters have proficiency in those guns. Hair about the only thing there's nothing stopping a battle master from picking up a gun and using a gun and using its abilities with the gun because there's only a couple of maneuvers that specifically like say ranged or melee weapon. Most of them are already usable, like 99 like 90% of the maneuvers are usable with the gun anyway. So there's really no difference in picking up a gun as a battle master versus picking up the gun as a gunslinger. The only difference is this is specifically designed to like buff that one attribute, which is fine. But I feel like what they took away to buff that one attribute isn't really a trade-off that much. And it's in turn a, like the trade-off is, okay, well you only can use guns with these abilities. You can't use both, but it's like, yeah, it's fine. But like I can use the, it'd be different if like, it would be different if the way the, the battle master was worded, you couldn't use guns at all. I would feel different about, like, the way guns were designed. I would feel different about the Gunslinger class if the way the Battlemaster was worded or the way the guns were, were, like, worded, you couldn't use them with Battlemaster. But the fact that you can, meaning 
Gunslinger is kind of useless because if you compare the Gunslinger trick shots to the Battlemaster maneuvers, they're the same. <laughs> they're the exact same thing, just renamed, meaning there's nothing stopping me from just using the Gunslinger or just using the Battlemaster. And the funny thing is the Battlemaster maneuvers, even though you don't get as many of them, the damage you roll on them actually, what the dice you roll on your superiority dice applies to the damage, meaning you theoretically could do more damage than the other way around. So it's it's almost an, a pointless class. It's good, but it's almost a pointless class. And it's just there for namesake, flair, and to try to pump up one specific aspect of a class that's not, you don't really need to pump up, in my opinion. But that's my opinion. All yeah, right. I... I mean, I see that, but they're like you're only comparing the trick shots. Like, there's other things that make the guns more valuable. Like, if you just well, no, use the I'm battle saying, master, like, the only, you the can't only reload thing as added, bonus action. You can't only, repair right, a gun as a bonus only, action. Well, I mean, theoretically, you could. It's giving you the feet of the fucking crossbow feet. That's what it's giving you. And it's treating it, except the only difference is it's like handguns versus hand, you know, hand crossbow versus guns. So it's it's just it's basically just a combination of reskins that are put together in a class, which is fine, totally fine. But I could build like I could effectively build, for instance, well, like if I built. Hold, I hear, hear me out. If I had a if I had a hand cross like a magical hand crossbow that would scale and damage to be on similar to the handgun, I could theoretically build the exact same class that does the exact same thing without. It being a whole class playing the Battlemaster. That's kind of my point. It doesn't really like, yeah, it's it adds stuff to it, but nothing really that, in my opinion, justifies a whole ass class. That's kind of where I'm at with that. It's something that adjusts the whole ass class, and I feel like what it did add, yeah, it added some stuff, but like the biggest thing about the Gunslinger is the trick shot. So, yeah, that's worth talking about. And it's just a reskin of the Battlemaster's maneuvers. But then you move to like the what's air quotes like the fluff, like being able to reload on that. Well, that's just a reskin of another feat. And then you're moving on to like the most unique thing about it is being able to craft the guns and being able to yeah, craft the ammunition. But isn't isn't something that draws you to an archetype something like, hey, we're going to give you this thing that is uh, that is really uh, similar to a feat, but you're not going to have to spend a feat. I'm on not. I'm not saying look, look, I'm not saying that's not a good thing for the class. I'm saying that in like the at the end of the day, it is just I can't give this higher than you know an A minus or a B plus or whatever just because of the fact that even though yeah like it came from like a Matt Mercer or it came from like to give you an idea like and this is like gonna sound like and I'm not like attacking anybody like hear me out people um. I feel like this class is be is like looked at as better than it is in a way because it came from Matt Mercer, but when you break this class down, it's legitimately just a reskin of Battlemaster in ninety percent of the aspects. It's the same thing as if I sat down with you, Abby, and sat here and said, Hey, you know what? I have an idea. Like I wanna use let's keep the Battlemaster, but let's trick it out for throwing knives. Like I want to make a I want to make a fighter that like throws knives. So let's. I one hundred percent made this character, and I can never play him. 
I play him in Rob's game. I killed an innkeeper. It was all about being a thrower, throwing knife person. Right. No, I'm saying, but like you could legitimately just work that out and like, well, this doesn't work no, with that. Oh, so don't like, get me wrong. Switch, switch, I would switch. much rather, I, like, I plan on going. So I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying, like, legitimately, that's like, that's really what it is. Like, it's not a lot that went into, there's not a whole lot that went into this class being made. That's kind of where I'm at. It's not a whole <laughs> lot in this class being made. It's kind of the same. Like, if this, like, okay. If you were playing this class as whatever, and then like you ported, you know, let, let, like let me like let's say you were playing a gunslinger right for a couple of games, and you moved, you had to your your DM had a heart attack and died or some shit, whatever, who cares? Your DM no longer is on the table, and you come in, he's like, hey, no homebrew. So then you had to move your character to a battle master. You're not there's not a whole lot your character was doing that you're gonna miss at the table. Like there may be one or two things where you're like, oh man, you know, I used to be able to do that as a as a gunslinger, but there's nothing you're really gonna be like, oh well, I I, I used to be able to do this, but I can't do that anymore at all. Like you, there's nothing you're gonna sit there and be like really like broken up over that you're really missing. That's my point. We're like, like kind of like if like for instance, if like imagine if the Echo Knight didn't exist, Rob, and you were playing the re- you were playing the Reflectionist. And then all of a sudden, your DM's like, "Hey, we're not." You know, your new DM comes in, and goes, "Hey, we're not using any homebrew content." And you have to port your you have to port your reflectionist over to a different class. There's nothing on the table remotely close to what your reflectionist was. So you're sitting there like, "Um, I don't really know." Like, I'm just gonna roll up a new character because there's nothing on paper that is remotely close to what I'm playing. Mm-hmm. That's my point. The battle, ma- like the gunslinger, the battle master. If you had to. You couldn't play the Gunslinger tomorrow. You were playing one. You could move to the Battlemaster, and there's really not that much. As long as guns were around, there's not that much of a big difference. You're not missing that much. You're missing a couple of small things that are like, okay, well, I can't do this. Well, hey, DM, since you took that away from me, if I took this feat, if I took this, you know, if I took the this feat that lets you reload hand crossbows, could I theoretically apply that to revolvers or whatever? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, cool. Like you're not missing anything. There's nothing there that's like you're like salivating for. You're missing. It's it's just basically a one to one, almost damn near. Or like if you want to be like on paper, it's like a it's like a one to a point eight five. You know, you're not the what you're missing. You're not missing any substance. There's nothing there. You're like, oh my god, like I really can't play this class anymore. Like if I was gonna play the brute, like. Even though Webby like Ben like Webby said no I'm I'm not allowing the brute right if I was gonna play the you brute back in the day and then, like the fucking thing I, I understand you but if I'm thinking if I was gonna play the brute with the way it was written and then you were like hey we're transferring it we're moving whatever and you were like all right well move it over the closest thing I could play is the samurai and that's not even really that close and even then it's like a I... one to like point. Three eight, like I, it's not even the same in the same ballpark. It's totally different. I so get what I'm saying. Like one hundred percent, what you're saying. You know, it, it's it's battle master light. Yeah, it is. It's it's which it's, is why we all master, gave battle master, battle master a pluses, specific. and we all gave this one a minuses. Exactly. Exactly. I'm just saying, my personal score for this, my personal score for this class is a C+. Plus. That's I'll, all I'm I'll saying. write that down for you. My personal score is a C+, plus, and that's my rant on the Gunslinger. It's not a bad class, it's just... Yeah. Nothing about it excites me. Alright. Man. 
Uh, Rob, why don't you read this next one? We haven't heard from you in a little while. <laughs> you have heard from anybody in a little while. Well, I mean, well, me, me and you have been arguing back and forth. I'm very, I'm very passionate about. Uh, yeah, we know, the and the, the alcohol brings passion out. I'm not even. I'm not even drunk anymore. I'm like. I'm a damn near completely sober at this point. I'm just really passionate about the gunslinger. <laughs> All right, Rob. Why don't you bring us into the side warrior? Okay, psionic power, third level. You harbor a wellspring of psionic energy within yourself. This energy is represented by your psionic energy dice, which are each a d6. You have a number of these dice equal to your proficiency bonus, and they fuel various psionic powers that you have, which are detailed below. Some of the powers expend the psionic energy die they use as specific, specified in the power's description, and you can't use a power if it requires you to use a die when your die are all expended. You gain all extended, expended psionic energy dice when you finish a long rest. In addition, as a bonus action, you can regain one expended psionic energy die, but you can't do so again until you finish a short or long rest. When you reach certain levels in this class, the size of your psionic energy die increases. At 5th level, it's a D8. At 11th level, a D10. At 17th level, a D12. Uh, the, powers, yeah, the powers below use your psionic energy dice. Protective field. When you or another creature you can see within 30 feet of you take damage, you can use your reaction to expend one psionic energy die, roll the die, and reduce the damage taken by the number rolled, plus your intelligence modifier. Minimum of reduction of one. As you uh, as you create a momentary shield of telekinetic force. Psionic strike. You can propel your weapons with psionic force. Once on each of your turns immediately after you hit a target within 30 feet of you and then attack, you can deal damage to it with a weapon. You can expend one psionic energy die, rolling it and dealing force damage to the target equal to the number rolled plus your intelligence modifier. Telekinetic movement. You can move an object or a creature with your mind. As an action, you target one loose object that is large or smaller or one willing creature other than yourself. If you can see the target and it is within 30 feet of you, you can move it up to 30 feet to an unoccupied space you can see. Alternatively, if it is a tiny object, you can move it to or from your hand. Either way, you can move the target horizontally, vertically, or both. Once you take this action, you can't do so again until you finish a short or long rest unless you expend a psionic energy die to take it again. Telekinetic Adept. At 7th level, you have mastered new ways to use your telekinetic abilities detailed below. Psi-powered leap. As a bonus action, you can propel your body with your mind. You can gain a flying speed equal to twice your walking speed till the end of the current turn. Once you take this bonus action, you can't do so again until you finish a short or long rest, unless you expend a psionic energy die to take it again. Telekinetic thrust. When you deal damage to a target with your psionic strike, you can force the target to make a strength saving throw against the DC equal to 8 plus your proficiency bonus plus your intelligence modifier. If the save fails, you can knock the target prone and move it up to 10 feet in any direction horizontally. Guarded Mind, level 10. The psionic energy flows through you, has bolstered your mind. You have resistance to psychic damage. Moreover, if you start your turn charmed or frightened, you can expend a psionic energy die to end every effect on yourself, subjecting you to those conditions. Bulwark of Force, 15th level. Uh, you can shield yourself and others with telekinetic force. As a bonus action, you can choose creatures, which can include you, that you can see within 30 feet of you, up to a number of creatures equal to your intelligence modifier, minimum of one creature. 
Each of the chosen creatures is protected by half cover for one minute or until you're incapacitated. Once you take this bonus action, you can't do so again until you finish the long rest unless you expend a psionic energy die to take it again. Uh, telekinetic Master, 18th level. Your ability to move creatures and objects with your mind is matched by few. You can cast the Telekinesis spell requiring no components, and your spellcasting ability for the spell is Intelligence. On each of your turns while you concentrate on the spell, including the turn when you cast it, you can make one attack with a weapon that is a bonus action. Once you cast a spell with this feature, you can't do so again until you finish a long rest, unless you expend a psionic energy die to cast it again. Alright. So, uh... I don't know. I mean, if we're talking about rolling die and weird maneuvers you could do with die, it seems like another reskin Battlemaster, I guess. May I also get, like, weird monk vibes from this, but... I mean, uh, something to take into account, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I... I know the original Psionic Warrior from back in the day. This ain't no Psionic Warrior in my book. Yeah, I honestly, I agree. personally, <laughs> personally, I feel like this is like a sad attempt at making a Psionic Warrior. I'm not impressed. I was never impressed by this class. Uh, I would give it like a B minus. <laughs> I was never impressed by this class. All right, Rob, what do you think? Uh, I'll say B. Um, all right. Uh, for the same exact reason, uh, as Devin, uh, you know, I, I grew up playing second edition, you know, AD and D and, uh, man, this is nothing compared to the psionics that they had in previous editions of things. Uh, so I, I, I was very kind of underwhelmed. I do like some of the things that they can do, uh, in, in this class or archetype, but, not enough. Um, so I'm actually going to give it a, a C. So a B minus. What'd you, Rob, what'd you give it? A B. B. So a C, a C. You get a C minus or a C, Robbie? Just a C. C. Probably like a B a plus. B minus. A B minus and a B. Yeah, um, it would still be around a B minus. It'd be like a C plus B minus area. I'll give it the benefit of the doubt and give it a B minus. All right. I'll go B minus. B minus minus. Basically, like a B minus minus is basically where it's at. B minus minus. All right. Uh, the Rune Knight is next. I will read this one so that way, Devin, you can finish us off with the Samurai. Yep. The one I'm looking forward to. So, Rune Knight, bonus proficiencies at third level. You gain proficiency with Smith's tools, and you learn to speak, read, and write giant. Third level, third level also, you get Rune Carver. You can use magic runes to enhance your gear. You learn two runes of your choice from among the runes described below. And each time you gain a level in this class, you can replace one rune you know with a different one from this feature. When you reach certain levels in this class, you learn additional runes, as shown on the runes table below. So at 3rd, you learn 2, 7th, 3, 10th, 4, and finally at 15th level, you learn 5. Number of runes known. Uh, whenever you finish a long rest, you can touch a number of objects equal to the number of runes you know. And you can inscribe a different rune into each of the objects. To be eligible, an object must be a weapon, a suit of armor, a shield, a piece of jewelry, or something else that you can wear or hold in hand. Your rune remains 
on an object until you finish a long rest, and an object can bear only one rune, one of your runes at a time. Uh, the following runes are available to you when you learn a rune. If a rune has a level requirement, you must be at least that level in this class to learn that rune. If a rune, if a rune requires a saving throw, your rune magic save DC equals 8 plus your proficiency bonus plus your constitution modifier. Hoy. Uh, cloud rune. This rune emulates the deceptive magic used by some cloud giants. While wearing or carrying an object inscribed with this rune, you have advantage on dex, sleight of hand checks, and charisma deception checks. In addition, when you or a creature you can see within 30 feet of you is hit by an attack roll, you can use your reaction to invoke the rune to choose a different creature within 30 feet of you other than the attacker. The chosen creature becomes the target of the attack using the same roll. Uh, this magic can transfer the attack's effects regardless of the attack's range. Once you invoke this rune, you can't do so again until you finish a short or long rest. Fire rune. Uh, this rune ch this rune's magic channels the masterful craftsmanship of giant smiths. While wearing or carrying an object inscribed with this rune, your proficiency bonus is doubled for any ability check you make that uses your proficiency bonus or your proficiency with a tool. In addition, when you hit a creature with an attack using a weapon, you can invoke the rune to summon fairy shackles. The target takes an additional 2d6 fire damage and it must succeed on a strength saving throw or be restrained for one minute. While restrained, by the shackles, the target takes 2d6 fire damage at the start of its turns. The target can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns, banishing the shackles on a success. Uh, once you invoke this rune, you can't do so again until you finish a short or long rest. Frost rune. This rune's magic evokes the might of those who survive in the wintry, in the wintry wilderness such as frost giants. Uh, while wearing or carrying an object inscribed with the rune, you have advantage on wisdom animal handling checks and charisma intimidation checks. In addition, you can invoke the rune as a bonus action to increase your sturdiness. For 10 minutes, you gain a plus 2 bonus to all ability checks and saving throws that use strength or constitution. Once you invoke this rune, you can't do so again until you finish a short or long rest. Uh, stone rune... So many runes. Uh, this rune's magic, magic channels the judiciousness associated with stone giants. While wearing or carrying an object, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you have advantage on wisdom, insight checks, and you have dark vision out to a range of 120 feet. In addition, when, you, when a creature you can see ends its turn within 30 feet of you, you can use your reaction to invoke the rune and force the creature to make a wisdom saving throw. Unless the, unless the save succeeds, the creature is charmed by you for one minute. While charmed in this way, the creature has a speed of zero and is incapacitated, descending into a dreamy stupor. Uh, the creature repeats the saving throw at the end of each of its turns, ending the effect on a success. Uh, you have to re-up it with a short or long rest, just like all the other ones and all the next ones. Uh, hill rune, seventh level or higher. 
The rune's magic bestows a resilience reminiscent of a hill giant. While wearing or carrying the object that bears the rune, you have advantage on saving throws against being poisoned, and you have a resistance against poison damage. In addition, you can invoke the rune as a bonus action, gaining resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing for one minute. Uh, once you invoke this rune, you can't do so again until you finish a short or long rest. That does that just says bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage. Doesn't say from non-magical things. Uh, throwing that out there. Uh, storm rune also need to be seventh level or higher. Using this rune, you can glimpse into the future like a storm giant seer. While wearing or carrying an object inscribed with this rune, you have advantage on intelligence arcana checks, and you can't be surprised as long as you aren't incapacitated. In addition. You can invoke the rune as a bonus action to enter a prophetic state for one minute or until you're incapacitated. Until the state ends, when you or another creature you can see within 60 feet of you makes an attack roll, a saving throw, or an ability check, you can use your reaction to cause the roll to have advantage or disadvantage. Uh, while you invoke this rune, you can't do so again until you finish a short or long rest. Oh god, those were just the runes that you get to choose from. <laughs> Uh, third level, you get Giant's Might. You have learned how to imbue yourself with the might of Giants as a bonus action. You magically gain the following benefits, which last for a minute. If you are smaller than large, you become large, along with anything you are wearing. If you lack the room to become large, your size doesn't change. Uh, you have advantage on strength checks and strength saving throws. And once on each of your turns, one of your attacks with a weapon or an unarmed strike can deal an extra 1d6 damage to the, tar to the target on a hit. You can use this feature a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all expended uses of it when you finish a long rest. 7th level, you get Runic Shield. You learn to invoke your rune magic to protect, uh, to protect your allies. When another creature you can see within 60 feet of you is hit by an attack roll, you can use your reaction to force the attacker to re-roll the d20 and use the new roll. You can use this feature a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. Tenth level. Great Stature. The magic of your runes permanently alters you. You gain this feature uh, when you gain this feature. Roll three d4. You grow a number of inches in height equal to the roll. Moreover, the extra damage you deal with your giant's might feature increases to one d8. Fifteenth uh, level master of runes. You can invoke each of your rune. Uh, you can invoke each rune you know from your rune carver feature twice rather than once, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a short or long rest. And lastly, at eighteenth level, you get runic judgment. Uh, no, runic juggernaut. Uh, you learn how to amplify your rune-powered transformations. As a result, the extra damage you deal with the giant's might feature increases to a d10. Moreover, when you use this feature, your size can increase to huge, and while you are that size, uh, your reach is increased by 5 feet. Oofta. I feel like that was a very long one. Yeah. Um... So this just, I mean, a lot kind of, is this sound like an artificer? I don't know much about artificers, but they infuse well, the. Yeah, I mean, the the initial abilities of the ruins, like giving you advantage and stuff, sound a lot like artificer imbuements, but they can't do any of those things no. that are listed. So, And then the activation is all different to activating the ruins. But. Gotcha. I do, 
I will say, I, coming out of the gate, I really like this archetype thematic, like like thematically. Um, yeah, thematically, this archetype like drew me in thematically, and then on paper, once I looked at it, I'm like, eh, I don't know if I like it a lot, but it's one I definitely want to like play around with and try yeah, out. Yeah, it's one of those ones where it's like. All right. If I make a character because you know I don't have any fighters that I've actually played, uh, I, I'm probably going to make a battle master. If after that I would probably toy around with this, like you said, and I wouldn't mind playing it just to kind of figure things out. I love the yeah, fact that like, you know I've done the you battle know, master. It's fun. Like I've done the battle master. It's it, it's fun, but I mean, I for me, like my next one on the fighter list, I want to try playing is the samurai because I have a build in mind for that. Yep. So that's what we're doing next. next. And then after the samurai, it's the room knight. No, we um, just did the room knight. No, I'm saying like I'm no, saying, saying oh, like, what gotcha. I you want to play. Order of operations. Yeah. Gotcha. Like, order of operations here. Like I want to play a samurai because I already have I... a build in mind for that. And then once I do that, it's the samurai. I would want to play like a tiny creature, like Glimmer or or uh, Pebbles. Yeah, just so that it would grow to gargantuan or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, it can grow to huge, <laughs> huge. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, that, that, that would be fun. You, you you should totally play like a half thing with like Napoleon Complex, right? And yeah, then yeah, just yeah. like your whole your whole life's aspiration is just to grow to huge. Like I said, and, thematically, yeah. I really like. No, thematically, I really class is great. This. Like I really enjoy this class. Like I feel like the class is built for Goliath. Story and it, it has like a I feel like the class is kind of built for Goliath or something similar. Right. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's actually really nice. Like it's a really cool class. I think some of the runes are really really good. Um, I don't think they're like particularly like um. I don't think any of them are particularly like game breakingly awesome. But I think kind of like a heat metal spell. It's yeah, like it's really right. good. Like it's really good, but I don't think any of the runes are particularly like game. breaking no, I, I don't think they're game breaking in any in any. Well, like, they're all pretty good. I mean, I can't really complain about them. So I, I mean, me personally, I give this like a solid for role play and just like for utility. I'm gonna give it like an A minus. A minus. All right, Rob. What about you? Uh, I was gonna give it an A because it seems like a fun one to play. Yeah, Not I necessarily for like. It's battle abilities, but um, I'm going to give it an A because, again, uh, thematically, I really enjoy. I think it would be really fun to play, and you know, especially for somebody like like you, Rob, um, you get really, really in depth and stuff with like your backstories, you mm. know, and, and like the story of the whole thing. Um, and like, I could just picture, you know, you playing with that and it's just like, you have like this really deep and rich lore with like all giants, Yeah, you know, but, uh, so yeah, I gave it an A. So that overall made it an A. Yep. Oh man. With Rob's predictions, we were real close on Psy Warrior. He predicted a C, get a B minus minus. <laughs> on Rune Knight, you predicted a B and ended up getting an A. And then on Samurai, which we're going to do next, you predicted it would get an A. So let's see what we uh, come up with on Samurai. Well, give me like two seconds. I want to make sure I um. Yep, that's the one. And, uh, uh, 
once you're done reading it, maybe you can give us a little glimpse of like your thoughts on like your build for a samurai and like what you. Oh, for sure, hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm down for that. That's why I was double checking the feed I needed. That's yeah. Um. All right, samurai. You get bonus proficiency when you choose the archetype at third level. You gain proficiency in one of the following skills of your choice: history, insight, performance, or persuasion. Alternatively, you can learn one language of your choice. Third level, you also get fighting spirit. Starting at third level, you in your intensity in battle can shield you and help you strike true. As a bonus action on your turn, you can give yourself advantage on all weapon attack rolls until the end of your current turn. When you do so, you gain five temporary hit points. The number of hit points increase when you reach certain levels in this class, increasing to tenth, uh, ten at tenth level and fifteen at fifteenth. 15th level. You can use this feature three times. You regain all expended use when you finish a long rest. Uh, elegant elegant courtier. Um, starting at 7th level. Your discipline and attention to detail allow you to excel in social situations. Whenever you make a charisma persuasion check, you gain a bonus to the check equal to your wiz mod. Your self-control also causes you to gain proficiency in wisdom saving throws. If you already have profici- this proficiency, you instead gain proficiency in intelligence or charisma saving throws at your choice. Uh, tireless Spirit. Starting at 10th level, when you roll initiative and have no uses of Fighting Spirit remaining, you regain one use. Rapid Strike. Starting Holy at 15th shit, your level. 10th level abilities, the Bard's 20th capstone. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Starting at 15th oh. level, you learn to trade accuracy for Swift Strikes. If you take the attack action on your turn and have advantage on the attack roll against, um, against one of the targets. You can forego the advantage for that roll to make an additional weapon attack against that target as part of the same attack action. You can do so no more than once per turn. Strength before death. Starting at 18th level, your fighting spirit can delay the grasp of death. If you take damage that reduces you to zero hit points, you can use your reaction to delay falling unconscious, and you can immediately take an extra turn. While you have zero hit points during that extra turn, taking damage causes death saving throw failures as normal, and three death saving throw failures can still kill you. When the extra turn ends, you fall unconscious. If you still have zero hit points, once you use this feature, you can't use it again until you finish a long rest. Okay, hold so, up. Hold up. I have a question. I have an answer. Because of the way this is worded. So say yeah. you're a fighter. You're Okay, this is 18th level ability. That's fine. Let's say that you're a yep. 20th level fighter. Sure, now yep. I want to get through this. You get five attacks total. Yep. In addition All to, in, in addition to, say, you know, a, a bonus offhand attack, whatever the fuck, any other type of damage that you're already. Or you need a bonus this. action to give you advantage on all those. So just assume five attacks. Okay. Okay. Or so four, you, four to five attacks. So you have five attacks. Mm-hmm. Then you can action surge. Yep. And then you can take five more attacks. Mm-hmm. And then, if you get immediately knocked unconscious, you can reaction, you reaction to drop the stay un- stay conscious, and, and then take, take a five turn. more attacks, and then take a turn, and then you can theoretically use um the fighter's ability of uh what you call it, um, uh fuck, what's the what's their ability that lets them heal themselves? Oh. Uh, so second wind. Second wind. Second wind. Yeah. You can theoretically then yes, second wind, um, and get heal yourself from zero hit points to not drop to zero HP. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, and because the 
the trigger for this is it's it's on the enemy's turn. They knock you out. You cast your reaction. You take an immediate turn. So that's five more attacks. Yeah, you can immediately take an and extra turn. So you can theoretically circumvent of, what of, they're doing. Yeah. And because of action surge at 17th level, you can use it twice before a rest, but only once on the same turn. Now it's the enemy's yes. turn still. So you action yes. surge for five more attacks. Yes. That's, that's yes. literally say if, if you're lucky enough yes. to get knocked unconscious now, you want me the to, following turn. Do you want me to break down this attacks. build? Like I'm, do you want me to sort of break down this build? You know what's real hilarious about all this? Hmm. Um, there's a there's a uh, less forgotten feat if oh, yeah, you're if an you're elf hasted, or a half elf. Extra melee attack. And then there's also a less forgotten feat if you are an elf or a half elf called Elven Accuracy, which gives you a plus one in Dex, Intelligence, Charisma, or Intelligence, or Dex, Intelligence, Wisdom, or Charisma. And you can reroll one attack roll if you have advantage. That is not a, it does not cost you anything, and it is not once per turn. Meaning, if you bonus action and give yourself advantage on all of your attacks, you technically have double advantage on every attack you make as a right. samurai. Right. You have double advantage. So theoretically, you can just roll three dice and take the best of the three dice. Unless you have something that gives you disadvantage, which then you only can roll. You right. only, it negates out. You roll one dice. Yeah. Right. But and other than that, you have three attack. You get you can roll three dice, take the best of which to attack. You can theoretically also <laughs> do that. Um, you can theoretically also take because I was looking at building a um, looking at combining it with rogue uh, and building kind of like a Ronin style build, which more like meant for like get in, attack, and get out kind of scenarios. Right. Uh, it, there's a lot you can do with this class. I actually really like this class, hey, and I want to play around with it. If, you, if you're wanting to go rogue just for the essentially, like, bonus action, disengage, whatever thing... Well, no, not even just that. Just, like, there's also, like, mobile, great abilities to, like, take having a rogue... Defeat. Well, not even just that. Think about the rogue um, in the sense of, well, if you have advantage on an attack roll, you can trigger sneak attack. This gives you advantage on every attack roll. Right. Oh yeah, no. So, for I, sure. mean, you, you, so I mean, you can in legitimately... your turn, if you had the levels in the rogue or whatever, you're not gonna end that turn unlucky enough to not get a single attack to go through. Yeah, no, there's no way. Like, so you you're guaranteeing yourself damage. You're guaranteeing yourself sneak attack every single turn. You have the rogue advantages. You have disadvantages. Like, if I was going to like, if I was sat down and said at this point, it's like, you know what? Um, we're gonna play like a super hard campaign. There's only three of you. You're gonna play a dual class character. I would play dual class dex based samurai rogue. That's what I would play yeah, in a heartbeat. That'd be, that'd be a fucking, it would be that would be a deadly would be, character. It would be elven or half elven, just so I could take the elven accuracy feat. Um, and it would be it would be brutal. It would be and, absolutely brutal. And, and fighters <laughs> get the most amount of ability scores or feats to begin with. So you have that extra that extra cushion room of like, oh yeah, I'll take I'll take mobile because why not? I know. And then just just throw in lucky for the fuck of it. So like if you oh, happen God. to like roll if you happen to roll all three and you fuck up and miss, you <laughs> take lucky and roll another die. Yeah. And if you miss four times in a row on an enemy, like it's just not meant to be. Right, yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, dude, yeah, I, I don't mean, know. Like, okay, this 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 archetype has a lot going for it, and you know, I, it's a very basic class. There's not a lot to it, but like when you break it, but down it's very and, like, straightforward, and it, actually, it, it seems you, very, it's very strong. Yeah, it's it very strong. Very this effective. is what I was going to play. Remember when I remember when I asked and I was sitting down and we were playing Crow's game. I was like, "Do you want me to play a barbarian or a fighter?" I was uh, going to play this. Dude, I would have chosen <laughs> you to play this. It would have been the samurai, or it would have been the barbarian. It was yeah. one of the two. 
I was like um, bouncing back and forth, like I cause I had the same where I built, and I'm like, hmm, it would have been funny because then we all would have actually been elves, and it would have been perfect. We could have all like worked. It would have been right. But I, it, it still worked out in the end. Like it was, I still had a lot of fun playing my guy. But uh, yeah. See, remind me. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll write down, and I, I want to talk to you about this character that I build. I want your opinion on it because I know you know a lot about fighters and the intricacies about them, uh, and. Uh, uh, I, I want your honest opinion on a build that I was working on. All right. So uh, I'll talk to you about that later. If you know, if not after the recording, then tomorrow. Uh, so. Which I am off tomorrow, so that's fine. What would you rank this one then, Devin? Um, I mean, obviously, um, thematically, it it's a fucking great one for this is the thing i do think what it does i think i do think at what it does it's a plus but i also feel like it is kind of a niche in the situation meaning it i'm gonna put it probably like an a but i feel like it's an a plus it has a plus abilities but it's limited to what it can do all right so you're giving Um, it an a yeah, I mean, but to be fair, there's nothing actually limiting you here. For instance, let's say there's nothing limiting you here to doing range uh, melee weapons. You could theoretically be in a samurai archer, right? Um, and fuck some shit up from range because <laughs> it says the fighting spirit says as a bonus action, you can give yourself advantage on all weapon attack rolls till the end right. of your current turn. Yeah, it does not say melee; it just says weapon attack. So you can technically do that as a ranged. So it could be a ranged samurai and fuck some shit up. Yep. You totally can. And you give yourself advantage at a range, which if you mix that with a rogue, it's even deadlier because you don't have to be next to the guy to <laughs> get sneak attack. Right, yeah. All right. So, so you, you can give yourself advantage at a range. So, I mean, like, I really feel like samurai slash rogue is, like, one of the greatest fucking multi-classes ever. Um... My personal heart of hearts, this is like an S class, but in actuality, I'm going to give it like an A. It's just because I feel like it's it does it 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 does one thing, but it does that one thing extremely well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hold hold. Hold on, I'm I'm just rereading something now, and I need clarification. Right. Rapid strike. Okay. If you take the attack action on your turn and have advantage on the attack roll against one of the targets, you can forgo the advantage for that roll and make, yep, and an, make additional an additional weapon attack, attack on that target yep. as part of the. So, for instance, like the fighter, the fighter who. The fighter who gets, I think they get four or five. They got to get four attacks. Now, hold on. You can forego one of the advantages and then get a fifth attack. Okay. So you can forego on one of the attacks. You can, so like, you can attack three times, forego on the fourth attack, forego the advantage, just roll the one dice. But it's funny with, especially with how we play, um, because it's kind of it's, it's kind of like really worded, but that's a DM question. I'm not really diving into that right now. But I'm just going to go off like basic. Uh, you would forego well, the advantage, roll the one die to hit, and then now my question you, though, and then basically you forego the advantage, and you get to roll, you get to then attack twice without without advantage. You right. get to attack now, twice. Okay, so uh, now here's my question, because <laughs> I'm still confused. Okay. Because of the way it's worded, you can forego the advantage for that roll to make an additional weapon attack 
on that target as part of the same yep. action. Yep. Now, yeah, okay, I, I get it now. It, it would only work on the first attack. Or any whatever attack you forego the advantage on. If you're in the middle of fighting spirit... Right, but it then, wouldn't proc off of an extra attack, because the extra attack is just an extra attack roll for, for having taken the attack action. It's not you taking an additional attack action, is it? No. Um, if you take the attack action on your turn and have advantage on an attack roll against that target, well, right, extra so attack... It's so it's only going to first... Well, extra attack stacks, which means it just says in attack. It doesn't it, it, any any attack you make during the attack action. You can't, right. for instance, rapid strike on an opportunity attack because that's not taking an attack action. Right. Okay. I I got it now. So my so, like, my, if, you, so you know, my, like, if you rapid strike during if you rapid strike during you couldn't rapid strike during a opportunity attack that you so happen to have advantage on. You couldn't rapid strike during that and then attack that that okay. guy twice. All right. Yeah, but if during the attack action, in the attack that falls in the attack action, you can theoretically forego the forego advantage to get an extra attack, which means ideally the fighter can attack as much as the monk, which the monk used to be able to attack was the most highest attack in the game at five attacks a game or per round. Well, now the fucking fighter can do the same thing. Uh, you actually can't use that on a. a, a... Opportunity attack. No, I, that's what I was saying. That, that's what I was saying. Like you can't use rapid strike on an opportunity attack, yeah. but any other attack during the during the attack action, you can. I know you can't use it on an opportunity attack. That's what I was saying. The web, you can't use it because you're not technically yeah. taking the attack action during an opportunity attack. Right. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, Rob, what, what do you what do you think about the samurai? I will give it an A. A. I think it's going to get A's across the board here, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm also going to give it an A. Yeah. I do think Shrift Before Death is also really, really powerful. And if you could use that more than once per long rest, it would be busted. Um, <laughs> Because only because of the fact the fighter gets the ability of fucking uh, Second Wind. Um, So you could do your entire turn and then end your turn with a second wind and then be healed, <laughs> which would then get procced the next turn and give you a second turn. And then it, it, it would be, it would be completely busted. Um, but yeah, yeah. other than that. Yeah. So it received an a, uh, and Rob, you predicted it would get an a minus. So, I mean, you're at least within the same letter. So your predictions were pretty damn close. Pretty, pretty guessing. Got of guesswork. Yeah, and that was for really not having known anything about these ones, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that was the second half of the fighter archetypes uh, to finish off the fighter class. Um, it's rounding out almost at the hour and a half mark. So why don't we wrap up here? Um, oh. Final thoughts on what was your. Oh, never mind. I can tell you guys what your favorite ones were. <laughs> In order, I think it's the Battle Knight, the Battlemaster, uh, the Samurai, and the Rune Knight, and the Echo Knight are all... The Battlemaster and A+, the uh, Samurai, Rune Knight, and si Samurai, Rune Knight, and Echo Knight all tied at A. Uh, then you have the Cavalier, the Champion, the Gunslinger at an A-. The Eldritch Knight and the Psy Warrior... Or sorry, the Banneret at a B, the Eldritch Knight and the Psy Warrior at B-. 
and the arcane archer sitting at a D, which should probably be an F, but we were, we had trying to be nice. Cause you still got all the vanilla fighter stuff. You're still, so that's you're still a fighter. You're just a shittier fighter. You're still a fighter. You're just an actively shittier fighter. That's right. God, they, <sighs> they you really know what, Rob, me and you, we're going to sit down. We have well, a few rings we need because, to make, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make an arcane archer archetype. Well, it's that's funny better. because when you look at the old arcane archer, they're not that bad. I know. Like when you no, when you look at the ones that were like from 2017 to 2016, they're yeah. not that bad. <laughs> oh, this is kind of unrelated, but you did bring up about the bard a bunch about their capstone. Yeah, because <laughs> remember, I was like. Well, I mean, it's not just the one thing. You also get a seventh level spell class slot, but but if you if you multiclass into a different type of spellcaster as a bard, you still get that seventh level spell slot anyway. So it is just the fucking one yeah. use of your bardic inspiration <laughs> if you go with another caster. Yep, they got the shaft, man. You're basically, a one level different warlock, like one level warlock, nineteen bard, and you're you're golden. <laughs> I, I just feel like, honestly, whoever made the bard, like, they actually built one, and they were like, holy shit, I'm a skill monkey. I'm good at literally fucking everything. Well, I guess my level 21 is just like, let's make it kind of lame, because I'm already the best. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's not how that works. Uh, anyway, uh, alright, so, with that, do we have a science corner, Rob? Uh, quick one, asteroid hit the Earth, and they didn't realize it until two hours before it struck. Yay, death. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, who died? Nobody. I mean, it didn't It didn't strike a land. Like, they consider hitting the atmosphere striking the Earth. Uh oh. Oh, I mean, that's not the same. No. Uh, yeah, you, no, I, you need to make impact with water or dirt. It's, that's, you know... That No, I mean, it doesn't have to hit the atmosphere and burn up. It can still be dangerous if it hits a plane, or... Well, because the, the reason that it was dangerous was because if it, it only... Plane, if, it, if an asteroid falling from the sky hits a plane, uh, I mean, that's... It was their time. Impressive. It was their time. That's impressive. That's a one-in-a-million shot. Yeah. Probably actually more than that. That's like a beyond one-in-a-million shot. That's a crazy shot. Yeah. <laughs> when did this happen? Right? A plane? Rob, hmm? when did this happen? When when did this asteroid hit? Uh, the eleventh. Holy shit! That was recent. Yep. Hey, I got something sure to talk to ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard on a video that I was watching. Uh, that somebody said, and they apparently looked into it, but the moon is technically a planet, but I couldn't get a definitive yes or no when I Googled it. All I got was that it's a satellite uh, object. Yeah, well, it's not, it's not a planet. It's like there's a specific definition for planet, which is why they've decided that Pluto is no longer a planet. Uh, but as for being like a circular object in the sky, I mean, technically it could, you could say it with the planet, but uh, like I'm, they're probably considering like, cause some of the, the moons of like uh, Jupiter are big enough, like almost as large as the earth. So technically they could be planets in their own rights, 
but because they circle on larger, uh, even though they're bigger than the Earth, because they circle a larger planet, they're still considered moons, which are not planets, technically. Okay. Now, so, But the thing is, the, our moon, they believe, was at one time a different planet that that the Earth and, and this, this planet were so close together, circling the Sun, that eventually they collided. And a lot of it stayed here on the Earth, which expanded the Earth's size, but what was left of it kind of broke off as the Moon. And that's why the Moon is so close to us and so large, considering our size. Because it's one of the... It, it's the largest Moon relative to the size of the planet that it's circling in the solar system, so... Huh. Alright, r- remind me after the recording, I have a question that... I'll- I want you to edumacate me on. Uh, it, it also involves the moon. Okay. Uh, so with that, uh, that was Science Corner. Oh, burp, sorry. Uh, Devin, do we have life advice? Um, Do you have life advice? You, you, I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I think you should, you've got lots of life advice recently. I do have lots of life advice recently. <laughs> um. Don't drink on muscle relaxers. That's that's one. Um, that's, <laughs> it literally says on the bottle, Devin, don't consume with alcohol. I, I, I mean, I know, but I was I was curious to see how much. Like that's more of a suggestion. I was curious to see how much. <laughs> it's not a suggestion though. <laughs> I was curious to see how say, much yeah. you could drink on muscle relaxers uh, before bad bad things. You want to down this uh, with a beer? I figured. I figured. So so I got what three beers. Three beers, two te- two tequila shots, and two shots of eighteen hundred in um, before I don't remember much. Um, yeah, so there, there you go. Don't that's drink the limit. And take medication People, that says that's that the specifically that's, don't drink. Nope, nope, that's the limit. It's uh, three beers, two tequila shots, and two shots of Jaeger. That's exactly the limit. Somebody out there do the math, and you'll figure out what that is. But that's the limit on muscle relaxers because after that apparently i ordered a couple more shots of uh double shots of jaeger that i don't remember ever ordering um but my credit card rumors that i ordered i didn't remember ordering those uh and i drank a lot um and uh consequences came <laughs> yeah, yeah. consequences of my actions came yeah, yeah. full circle at some yeah. point uh we the, won't the, go, the, that we won't go that, deeper into that. We won't dive into that one fully, but uh, yeah, the consequences so, of yeah, life advice with Devin. Full circle. So, life advice with Devin is don't drink. Um, follow the advice of your medication. That's yeah. the life advice with that. All right. Uh, with that, everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, Rob, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Confessor underscore X and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Confessor X. And Devin, where can people find you at? You guys can find me on Twitter at DMP underscore Pookie. You can find me on Twitch at Mr. D3. And as always, you can find me on eBay uh, making bad life decisions. <laughs> you can find me on eBay making bad life decisions and shopping for car seats. Oh, Jesus. Well, okay. Uh, as always, everybody, thank you for listening. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Jack's Force Walker, on Twitch at DMWebby. Uh, and on eBay at pulling Devin's ass out the fire. Uh, Thank you for listening, and fuck Booster Gold. Ah, see, I don't do that one very often. I always do the low ones.
throw the <laughs> listeners off during the outro. Oh boy. Da-da-da. 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 Da-da-da.